one lady, man, she she almost had me in tears because she started crying when she got it done and was like, you know, this is the most beautiful she's ever felt. Wow. And, and it's seen an impact with people like literally in tears after they get the service. Welcome to the Prince George's Daily. On this season, we will be taking a look at businesses and entrepreneurs in Prince George's County, getting insight into both the business process and the world of entrepreneurship. You will hear the stories shared by business owners and the entrepreneurs in the county, their challenges and their steps for success. Hello, Prince George's County. I'm Del Roden. Today is December 20th, 2019. In today's episode of the Prince George's Daily, Heavenly Bee learns all about one of the most intriguing new techniques in the beauty industry. Hair weaves take an amazing turn. Our Prince Georgian of the day is Wade the Barber. You want to know what's new in hair? Find out right here on the Prince George's Daily. Check out the interview right after weather. For today's weather, it's chilly and not the tasty kind. High temperatures for today, December 20th, will reach about 38 degrees under sunny skies. The low tonight will drop down to right around 20 blistering degrees. Tomorrow, temperature will rise to nearly 40 degrees before dropping back down into the low 20s. Clouds roll in on Sunday as we hit a high of almost 50 degrees. This promises to be a good shopping weekend right before the holiday. Sunrise this morning was at 721 and sunset will come right around 447 this afternoon. Stay with us for news today with Lillian Torres. In today's headlines, a local woman is sentenced in her multi-million dollar fraud case. And are we going to get toll lands on the Beltway in this county? Find out after Heavenly B brings us the Prince Georgian of the day, Wade the Barber. Here's Heavenly. Hey everybody, it's your girl Heavenly B here with the Prince George's Daily. And today I'm sitting here with none other than the Wade the Barber, um, Barber Extraordinaire and... I, I like to say the inventor of the man weave, but I think he just capitalized on that. Say hello to my people. Hey, how you doing, everybody? How you doing? <laughs> okay, so, yes, let's talk about, first of all, before we get into uh, the actual craft, tell us a little bit about yourself. Did you grow up in the um, DMV area? Yeah, I grew up in, well, in Annapolis, uh, out there. Just a little past Bowie. You know, we the capital of Maryland. You know, everybody <laughs> thinks it's Baltimore, but it's Annapolis. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, grew up in Annapolis um, pretty much all my life. And, um, uh, yeah, man, I used, to, I used to always be in Fiji, though. I used to always hang out with Fiji because, you know, okay. Annapolis didn't have much going on. But, yeah. From the DMV area, cool. So you never yeah. moved away, never left. Because I always ask that because yeah. some people, you know, migrate here and, and and they never leave. They love D.C. They love Maryland. Yeah. But you just yep. said, I'm yeah, staying it's, here. It's a, cool, it's a cool area. You know, you right, you right by Virginia. You can go to Philly, New York if you want to. Like, right. You know, it's so centrally located for real. Um, so, yeah, people always ask me all the time, like, oh, you'll never, you know, why you ain't never move or you ain't never leave? And also, too, because I, I was blessed to have, you know what I'm saying, to be able to travel young. Right. So like even when I got out of uh, out of high school, I just wanted to see the world. I just wanted to travel. So sometimes it feel like I don't I don't live here because I'll be gone so much. Right. But when I'm home, I do enjoy it. You know. And I always tell it's people, it's it's no place like home to be honest. Because I don't even care if I stay in the states and travel. I'm always ready to come back home <laughs> after yep. a certain amount of time. Yeah, that's, 
Yo, that's real. That's real. I mean, I'd be out the country and everything, and it's it's, it's really nothing. It's it's no place like home, like no place like America. I'm out, yeah. I'm out of the country a lot, and then you know everybody would. Oh, I want to I want to move to Europe. I want to move here, but it's cool to visit. You know, it's good to get the experiences, but it's still nothing like America. You know, right. um, and it's you know we we're blessed here, man. I think sometimes we take that for granted. We do. We definitely do. Mm-hmm. Well, tell yeah. me. First of all, or tell my listeners, because I already know, what the name of your business is and what services you provide. All right. So, uh, well, the name of my, uh, my, my shops are the W Hairloft. So we have two in Maryland and one in Atlanta now. And um, uh, I'm, I'm Wade the Barber. I go, you know, I go around doing the hair units. You guys call it the man weave. <laughs> I call it the hair units. <laughs> um, that's kind of what uh, what has blown me up in the last five years. I'm doing those, and um, so I have people that come from all over the world that come get their hair done. So it's like hair restoration or yeah. hair replacement, shall I say? Um, <clears throat> you know, we use human hair, uh, sometimes synthetic, uh, to to give people that look again. You know, right? People have lost their hair, and not just men, but women as well uh, lost their hair due to alopecia, uh, um, cancer, lupus, and different diseases. Um, that you know affect affect the hair, and uh, so that's why I come in place, man. Just giving people that confidence back. Absolutely, and uh, I come from the beauty industry too. I actually uh, been doing hair for over twelve years, so I understand oh, wow. the whole dynamic, right? But it's so interesting when I'm talking to people. I'm like amazed by your work, so I'm telling people like, look at this. You didn't know this was a weave, did you? Like I'm like going around promoting, right? So, so men ask me all the time, like. And women are like, like, would you date a man who has a man weave? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> this is like the question. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I would because yeah. we wear, I wear weave all the time. Like, that's my thing. Yeah. Hey, see, I'm, I'm glad you, you don't, you ain't got that double standard. You know right. A lot of y'all that got that double standard, you wear weave all day, but then when, when you do get, you get him one. You now you're mad. Uh-uh. <laughs> I mean, my man can wear man weave, but I told him the same way that y'all tell us. As long as I don't see your track, as long as I don't exactly. see, <laughs> we good. Hey, I get it. I get it. I, I, I totally support that. Perfect. For sure, for sure. So what got you, Um, first let me find out what got you into barbering, and then we'll talk about how you transition into um the units. Uh, well, I, I got into barbering. Um, I've been cutting my hair since I was twelve. I, you know, I've been uh, experimenting when I was a, at the age of twelve, and I didn't take it take it seriously until about age. Uh, I was probably about eighteen, nineteen or so. I started um, like just cutting other people's hair, uh, and then I went to school around the age of twenty, twenty one, mm-hmm. um, uh, to, to get my license as a barber. But I tried, man. I, I was a painter's maintenance uh, guy. I did paper boy. I was it worked in retail. Um, I used to answer phones for companies, different stuff like that. But that's, I wasn't passionate about nothing other than barber. So I went to uh, Anne Arundel Community College for about two years, dropped out of that, and uh, went to barber school. But I low-key think that um, it's probably, you know, I know it was definite. Uh, yeah. My father would cut. My my uncle had a barbershop in his house. My great-grandfather had his own barbershop. My, my grandfather could cut. My friend. So my dad would cut us sometimes. And uh, even like I was five years old and, if my shape up wasn't right, I was upset. You know, <laughs> like, you know as a kid, you know. So, right. So it's like, you know, I was we was always uh, particular about our hair, um, but I got into doing it, and I, you know, that was the only thing I was passionate about, man. I, you know, I did the whole college thing and was trying to uh, work a nine to five and go to college and stuff. And, and none of that worked. But 
yeah, just it, it just didn't work for me. So I think that's that's where it kind of all got started. And I, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna pursue the barbering thing. I didn't think it was uh, technically a lucrative business though. Like you know, yeah. what I'm saying? so I didn't, I never saw anybody or any barber that was um, pretty much like technically I, I would say well off or right wealthy. You know, like, it it is, yeah, it wasn't like a thing. Of, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna make a bunch of money. You know, it was just something that I was passionate about. Right. And then once I when I, once I got into school. Uh, that's when I started cutting little Mo. She's coming to the barber school. Her and her peoples. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the barber school, and then it was like, oh wow! <laughs> now I'm cutting a celebrity. So then it was like, then I ended up having the celebrity barber title. You know, wow. From, from from traveling with her, and after that, and all that stuff, a lot of doors start opening. And then it was like, oh wow, yo, you can make money with this. this yes. is crazy. I didn't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like every year, I just. Learn more. To get better and progress and take my business more seriously. She kind of helped me along the way just with the whole branding thing mm-hmm. and marketing, marketing my business, you know. Um, and I, I was like probably one of the first barbers in my area that had a website, you know. Nobody right. thinking they crafted to that to that level, having their own website and promoting themselves and going to the next level. So I think those are the type of things that set me apart. And, yeah, um, it's, it's been it's been an awesome journey from there. And them lines be sharp too. That set you apart too. Now, <laughs> yeah, 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 for, for sure, for sure, for sure. Thank you. Now, um, yeah. you talk about Mo, and I, I'm sure she'll be very happy that you gave her some uh, shout out for that, because um, yeah. people yeah. forget yeah. forget to shout yeah. out the people that helped them along the way, and it's important to know that we can't do this alone. But yeah. what made you? Did you know as soon as you started barbering that you were going to actually open up shops? Was that the no. plan? No, that was not that was not the plan. I'm not gonna even lie, man. I didn't have no no uh, no two two ten step program plan. That I just <laughs> was like, yeah, I'm gonna do it. Like you was this, winging it. Like that. A lot of times we have plans and they don't go the way you know, they don't go the way we want. You know, sometimes. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man of faith. You know, and I believe yeah. I believe that our steps are ordered. Uh, I know everybody may not believe in God and stuff like that, but I do. You know, right. I know it works for me. So at the end of the day, and I always trust God to just kind of just lead me and lead my path, you know what I mean, and just help me to uh, fulfill my destiny and my purpose. So however that is, it's like okay, I know, yeah, this is I know Barbara, I'm passionate about. So I'm like okay, a lot of times our passion and our purpose go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times your purpose, uh, you will fulfill your purpose through your passions and your giftings. You know what I mean? So, yes. Um, you know I, you know I, I, I I'm. I'm here to help others. You know, we are all here to help others. You know what I'm saying? Whatever arena you're gifted in, so whether it's you uh, in, in on, on the radio, you know, you're mm-hmm. on radio right now, you're inspiring, motivating, that's your purpose. That's part of your, that's part of your purpose. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, different, each, each of us has different gifts, and I just believe, you you, you know, you got to fulfill your purpose through your gift. So with barbering, it wasn't like, yeah, I want to open those shops. It was just more so I'm here. I love cutting. I love helping people. And then it just kind of gradually get got to that point. Now, every most barbers do want to have their own shop. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not for everybody. It's um, work. You know, everybody can't have a shop. Every barber can't have a shop. Some of us got to work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and Say and, that again. And Some of us got to work. Some, so pour somebody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, gradually I got to a certain point in my career, uh, and I, other people kind of pushed me to get a shop. Okay. I ain't going to lie. Like, like, like you know, shops are not always lucrative. And I, was just, right. I had a staff meeting last night. Like, shops are not always, um, you know, as lucrative as you would like them to be unless you have a big space that you're going to have a bunch of 
barbers and stylists and paying booth rent or paying or doing commission. Yeah. You know, in our in our in our communities we don't we don't, we don't really do like a commission. <laughs> we and hate so, commission. <laughs> yeah, so for a business owner, it's not as as lucrative unless you do a commission. Yep. Um but um but I think even if you do commission as a business owner, you gotta be fair to your to your employees and to your staff and all that stuff. So um yeah, but so I got pushed into it in a sense. And, you know, I was content just doing I had a little suite. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, a, you know, the salon suite. So yep. I was doing that for two years. And, um, you know, sometimes you just grow. You just go to a point where I had, and then I had people that kind of pushed me out of that suite and was like, man, you need a shop. You need a shop. What's going to do? What are we, we going to do? And so things worked out. I was blessed. I got my first shop and then it just started growing. It's like, okay, now, now I'm getting momentum now. It's like, all right, I can't stop here. I got to keep going, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it just, it just kind of happened like that. You know, I did. After a while, I started having vision. I was like, okay, I need to have, um, so I can make more impact, I want to have locations in different cities, yeah. in different states. So now that's why I did, um, you know, Atlanta, and, and you know, we're working on L.A. and New York. I know, that's uh, right. That. So Doing big yeah, things. Man, so, yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate okay. it. Okay, awesome. So let me ask you this. If you think back, though, I know you said, like, you got pushed into this, but if you think back to your childhood did you kind of have the entrepreneurial knack or no, it just all developed yeah. <laughs> later? Yeah. 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 I, I feel like it, it started early. You know what I'm saying? I can remember as a kid, me and my brother making t-shirts, we would take regular t-shirts and then sew a jean patch on it. And I, I was, I've always been an artist or a creative, in my, you know, from a, from a child, you know what I'm mm-hmm, saying? I used to draw mm-hmm. all the time. I do, I'm also a musician. A lot of people don't know that, but I'm a musician. I've been playing since I was like eight. Um, Playing the drums when I was eight, and then I started playing the keyboard uh, piano when I was like 10, um, 10, 10 years old or whatever. I didn't really pick it up until I was like 12, though. But, yeah, so, like, art and that creative has already been in me, but entrepreneurship kind of came from uh, seeing my parents. My father had his own painting and maintenance company. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother, she had a uh, she had a barber, I mean, not a, uh, not a barber school, excuse me, a driving school. And... Um, like you know, they've they've always been entrepreneurs, you know? right? So, so they rubbed off we naturally. Had that example, even though they didn't like hold our hand through it, but we always had that example of you know just stepping out and doing your own thing. Sometimes, you know, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I think you always have fear with it, but at the same time, you kind of if you had an example, it's kind of like you, you got the extra nudge in your back, like all right, go ahead and do it, you know? Yes. So. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's it's it's, it's cool. I would say yeah, the entrepreneurial spirit kind of it's been in you from an early age. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, what have been the most rewarding parts of your journey? And then after you tell me that, let me know what the most challenging challenging parts were. Uh, I think the most rewarding parts of my journey now is just seeing the impact that I'm making. You know, just having people like people always hit me and and just telling me how how inspired and motivated they are and just. Uh, like I was just in London not too long ago, maybe about um, two months ago, and uh, you know one of my students because I teach the classes on the units, and one of my students you know that lived there, um, you know wanted to meet up with me because I was coming, and was like, man, listen, I just wanted to meet up with you. I just wanted to just personally just tell you thank you, man. Just like just telling me how much money they're making and how much impact they're making all the mm-hmm. way in Europe. You know what I mean? And so like. Just all the way, around, you know, all the way around the board. Just you know, from social media, man. Um, I've been blessed to be able to really touch so many lives uh, through, through through social media and through, um, 
even personal interaction with people and stuff like that, man, um, and just helping a lot of barbers and stylists to be able to earn more of an income, um, helping them just to better their craft, yeah. their business sense. Um, so that is the most rewarding thing. That's what keeps me going, you know, because yeah. sometimes you get complacent, you get tired, and it's like, all right, I did enough. Like, I'm going yeah. to just sit and rest now. But it's like that, That when I hear that, it's like more motivation. And I just want to fulfill, keep fulfilling my purpose, you know, Yes. and uh, fulfilling what God has needed here to do, you know what I mean, through hair. Uh, and it's it's leaves lives of touch. Even people that don't even do hair, like hit me like, yo, you you making me want to get my own business. I don't even do hair. Like I don't cut. I'm nothing. Right. But you know what I'm saying. You 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 inspiring me. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. I told my clients. I was like, I'm about to start doing man weaves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to I'm about to go back and get my barber license too. <laughs> hey, I was inspired. Hey, that's what it is. That's what it is. That's what's up. Bro. I'm not gonna do it though. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, you know, listen. If it's my thing, is just as long as it's a passion of yours and something that you really want to do, I say go after it. You know what I mean? So what it know, was was only you can tell that. Yeah, know? I know it's not. But the, the thing was, that was at the time, I was looking for a way to continue to add on to my business, my already current yeah. services, and I and because weave has always been my number one service. Um, yep. I was like, hey, this is like a a good um addition, of course, but I've, my my clientele was women, not men. So <laughs> yeah, but no, but listen, so <laughs> but I do a lot of women though. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and that's another when we talk about rewarding rewarding things. Like, uh, you know, I have women that come to me come to me for they have cancer, allergies, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Even lupus and uh, what, man, what recently, you know. Like, I love, especially, I love the older women that come to me, man. Mm-hmm. They just, uh, it's, it's just something I've been looking at, at looking at them as, uh, like, mother, grandmother figures, you know what I'm saying? Yes. I don't have my grandmother anymore. But um, one lady, man, she she almost had me in tears because she started crying when she got it done and was like, you know, this is the most beautiful she's ever felt. Wow. And, and it's seen an impact when people, like, literally in tears after they get the service. Like, that's something you can't buy that. You can't, right. That's not, you can't, that's something you cannot buy. You know what I mean, and it's it's it, I don't know, it's it's dope, man. I That's rewarding. That. That's very rewarding. So, yeah. let, what was the moment that made you say that you wanted to incorporate this into your business? Like, how were you first introduced to it, and you know, decided, yeah, I, hey? Well, I tell the story all the time. Like, uh, there was a young lady named Brittany. Um, she she was at the shop. She's uh, she she does hair, uh, and she did she did lock. Like that was her main thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the, the the locks is the, was her it was her specialty at the time and um, she was adding hair to dread I mean uh, you know adding the, the hair to the lock and like it the lock extensions mm-hmm. um, and so when she pulled out that hair I was like whoa 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 wait like I don't even know they sold Afro hair like I always mm-hmm. see the long really the Brazilian and all that stuff but I didn't even know and so it was like a light a light bulb went off in my head I'm like yo we got you know what I'm saying we got to figure out a way to do this with God. And you know we put our heads together. We did a sewing on a on a, uh, one of my clients, and but you know after that it was just like okay, well everybody can't get the sewing, so I had to learn different other techniques and, and, and methods in order to to so everybody could get something done. So it was a lot of trial and error, man. I went to a few hairstylists, kind of learned some things, mm-hmm. and then you know just kind of add my own thing and made it my own. So you you feel like you invented this thing? I'm not gonna say I invented it, but I definitely uh, feel you know I know I made it a, a more popular or worldwide, uh, right? Uh, you know, bringing more attention to it. You know, there was some stylists that was doing it before me. You know, 
Um, but but you perfected it. <clears throat> you perfected right. it, and you and you marketed it. Okay. So tell me uh, the the most challenging parts of being an entrepreneur, and then um, I would like to know what your legacy will be, what you want your okay. legacy to be. Uh, well, cha- most challenging is probably you know when you, you uh, for me because I'm I, I, I'm a I'm a genuine dude and I and I, I try to I care about people you know and, yeah. I, and I care from my heart you know so when you're doing business. Sometimes you kind of you gotta lead with your heart, but but really not leave. It's having that good balance where you, it's yeah, good, you know, it's, it's not about it's not personal, uh, and then it's like, um, you know, I train you train barbers, you you know, you help people out, and then they don't they they leave you high and dry, or they 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 be disrespectful. Yeah, like been, I'll take I'll take barbers under my wing. And then, you know, I got to find out you leaving the shop on Instagram or mm-hmm. you, know, you didn't even have the decency to tell me that you leaving. Like you just just like, you know, like, like, oh, yeah, I got what I needed. I'm out, you know. So it's just sometimes, you know, dealing with different situations where you may feel disrespected or whatever. You know what I mean? And you just got to take it kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I've gotten it down now, though. I've experienced so much foolishness over the years. I've, I've been in business for myself as far as with the shops. Uh, over eight years now, so it's just like, all right, I, I learned how to deal with it and move now. But and you can recognize it early. Time, yeah, one time it was a, it was a challenge, you know. I think, but uh, you know, it's growing pains, you know. What I mean? Yeah, I've never I've never managed people before I opened the shop. I've never uh, been in charge or responsible for anybody uh, until I opened the shop. So it it taught, it taught me how to man up a little bit. It taught me how to you know grow and 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 lead you know lead a business, you know what I mean, and not just be uh, you know, not care, not so, not care so much where you let you let you, the the personal relationships get in the in the way. You know what I mean? Because yeah. At the end of the day, you you working with these people all the time. You know, y'all 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 hang out and y'all become you know a family. Then it's like the disrespect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people just act like you never did nothing for them. You know, it's just almost like almost like you give almost in the sense where it's like you give somebody money. Like you got a cousin that that you know. That you you look out for, and then the one time you don't give them nothing, it's like, oh, you ain't nothing. You, ain't uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? It's like you forget everything else I did. Oh, it's for like, one thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I feel it, you. It, you know, for sure. So I would say that's probably the only major challenge that I've had in my career. You know what I'm saying? It's balancing that out. Yeah, okay. So what would you like your legacy to be? If you could paint the perfect picture of what you will be remembered by. Um, well, I mean, I, I, I really, I don't necessarily want to just remember, be remembered by that. Just that that's the dude that do the weeds, you know, right. but, um, I, I want to be remembered by, you know, just making sure that people continue to follow their dreams and follow their passion and, and, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and help people, you know, being, a, being, being a light and just inspiring and motivating others, you know what I mean? And keeping, I, my thing is like, I've been blessed. Like, I feel like we've helped the barber industry go to the next level as far as even being able to offer more services and offer more, more, uh, you to even make more money for your family and for your, for your people and for your generation. So it's like, you know what I mean? It's just like keeping that thing going, you know, uh, and offering, you know, just being, being one of the best, uh, uh, being professional 
and just you know what I'm saying just taking making sure we know that you know you you are your brand you know yes what I mean? so take things seriously you yes know? and it's not just look at it as, a, as look at it as a hustle right awesome yeah. well that's amazing I want you to tell our listeners how they can connect with you on social media and or your website. Yep. On all social media outlets, it's Wade the Barber. Uh, my website is wadethebarber.com. Uh, you can find me on all, all social media outlets and, uh, and my website. You know what I mean? So. Awesome. But thank you so much for your time. This has been your girl, Heavenly B, with the Prince George's Daily. Until tomorrow, good day. Hello, Prince George's County. I am Lillian Torres, and here is the latest news for today. Mambo sauce is a condiment unique to the D.C. area that can range between sweet, tangy, or spicy. The sauce, which can be dark orange or red in color, is best known for being sold in the D.C.'s Chinese carryout restaurants, despite it being started in the black community years ago. But, Two D.C. brothers want the rest of the country to experience mumbo sauce. Andrews and Niles Burton created their own version of the district's quintessential sauce in their family's Prince George's County home kitchen. Mumbo sauce is a special sauce in D.C. that has had a lot of history and culture behind it for many years, Niles, CEO of Andy Factory, said. For someone who has not tried it yet, it is difficult for me to describe. It goes well with everything. The brothers named their sauce Uncle Dell's Mambo Sauce. It is our grandfather's name, Now said. His name was Wardell. He died a few years back from leukemia. We just wanted to honor and respect him. We didn't want to be unsure about our futures and unsure about our college and our siblings' college, Andrew said. We wanted to be able to provide for ourselves and have independence. It has been a lot of work, Now said. It's been changing a lot of how we spend our time and us learning how this works. A federal judge in Maryland has sentenced an Israeli woman to 22 years in prison for orchestrating a scheme that prosecutors say defrauded tens of thousands of investors across the globe out of tens of millions of dollars. U.S. District Judge Theodore Chong on Thursday told 38-year-old Lee Elsbaz that her actions cost inventors their homes, life savings, and marriages. Elbaz was a CEO of Yocum Communications, an Israel-based company that operated in the binary options industry. Prosecutors say Elbaz trained employees to lie to investors and rig the odds against them making and recouping any money. A jury convicted her in August of fraud charges. Maryland's Board of Public Works could go back next week on toll lane promises made to appease Montgomery and Prince George's counties earlier this year. The changes would accelerate construction of toll lanes around part of the Capitol Beltway, allow for some land to be purchased for the widening before final environmental approvals, alter promises about how a share of toll revenue would support transit options, and extend plans for Beltway toll lanes in Prince George's County all the way to the Wilson Bridge. While the state moves forward with the project, Local officials in Montgomery and Prince George's counties have expressed a number of concerns and they continue to say that they are lacking key information about the project 
and potential alternatives. Construction is expected to start at the Legion Bridge and work its way east. Maryland plans to award a separate contract to a company or group of companies to build toll lanes at the same time up to I-270 to Shady Grove. Winning bidders for those contracts are now scheduled to be selected in less than a year, by November 2020. Final agreements would then be signed in early 2021, which could mean some parts of the toll lanes open in the mid-2020s. For the Prince George's Daily, I am Lillian Torres. This podcast is brought to you by Prince George's Community News and Prince George's Community College, celebrating over 60 years of offering the highest possible standards in college education for the county and the region. Visit us at pgcc.edu. The opinions expressed on the Prince George's Daily Podcast do not necessarily represent those of Prince George's Community College, its employees, or its affiliates. The producers of the Prince George's Daily Podcast are Heavenly B, Maude Desai, David Smalls, Joshua Boykin, Brian Green, and Chandra Durham, and is executively produced by Dale Roten. Tune in tomorrow as we continue our discussion on businesses in Prince George's County. This is the Prince George's Daily.